اه خلاص حطوه الشرط يكون الاسعاف بس للراجل لا برضه للمراه لانه في كثير حالات بتلاقي اصابات نساء مين بده يتعامل معهم صح ممكن الاسعاف بس برضه يعني احنا لنا دور كبير في هذا الشيء احنا هدفنا واحد هو بس انقاذ واخلاع ونوصل رساله للعالم انه احنا بدون سلاح قادرين نعمل كل شيء احنا هاي الخيمة هي الخيمة اليومية بتختص احنا كمتطوعين احنا كل يوم بنكون موجودين في هذا المكان هذا حب انجمانا للوطن يعني هذا عمل انساني ما بدنا عليه مقابل احنا بدنا قدر تعبنا الله بس مش مستعد مش يعني ما بدنا مقابل من اي حدا لرواتب ولا توظيف بدناش كثير سألوا بابا بنتك هاي طب ما بتاخذ راتب هيك حكى لهم انا بنتي بفتخر فيها انها بتقدم شيء انساني لابناء لابناء وطني يعني كمان بنت وخصوصي احنا المرأة عندنا منتقدة كثير في المجتمع بس المجتمع لازم يتقبلنا غصبا عنه لو بدوش يتقبلنا بإرادته بيتقبلنا غصبا عنه لأن احنا عندنا قوة أكثر من أي راجل القوة اللي احنا بنمتلكها القوة اللي استرجلت فيها أول في أول مسعفة في الأسبوع الأول أتحداها أتحدى لك عن أي شخص يعني لأجلك يا مدينة بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد ومن ولا السلام عليكم وكم السويس كاست uh, I'm your host brother Suhaib Webb and today we have a, a special guest sister Dalia Najjar who is the cousin of uh, Ran, uh, Razan uh, Najjar who was brutally murdered uh, just a few weeks ago uh, as a first responder looking after the wounded Palestinians uh, 
uh, as they were claiming their humanity and a claim to their homeland. Uh, Sister Dalia, salam alaikum. Alaikum salam. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to have you as well. Um, before we get into some of the events of the day and uh, and some background on um, our sister who passed away, Rahimahullah, your cousin, may Allah bless her and give her the highest level of Jannah al Fardos, insha'Allah, um, and bless her family. Could you give us just a little bit of background on who you are? Because you yourself um, are someone who's committed to kind of uh, environmental resilience, how that plays out within, you know, establishing peace and community. So if you could give us a little background on who you are, that would be awesome. Thank you. Um, well, I'm Dahlia and I'm a co-founder of Zyla Water. It's a global initiative that aims at solving the global challenges with water and sanitation around the world. And currently we're working in Pakistan. Um, and I'm also a goodwill ambassador for Children of Peace. It's the largest peace network in the Middle East and um, Razan's cousin. MashaAllah. Now, I think one of the questions that I, I wanted to ask you, and you know, living in America, we know that there are a lot of voices that are extremely loud, that cloud um, the reality of Palestine, what's happening in the occupied territories, what's happening in the Gaza Strip. So I just wanted to ask if you could give us kind of um, a truthful window into what is life like in Gaza right now for the Palestinians? So I moved out of Gaza two years ago um, to pursue my graduate studies. and um, But I lived there for 22 years. And, and during these years, somehow I found ways to cope with things in Gaza, with the, with the unemployment rates, with the poverty line, with the, the pollution, and with the power cuts and uh, with the lack of water, with everything. Once I got out of Gaza, I I somehow lost the way to uh, the, uh, the, lost the ability to understand how people cope there, how difficult it is. I keep asking my friends, my family, how they are, but but I, I just can't understand how they can cope because things are getting worse and worse and worse. When I was there, the electricity was just six hours a day. Uh, now it's four hours a day. The poverty rate is at 53%. And 33.8% uh, of the people live under the deep poverty line. 96% uh, of the water is polluted. 73% of the seawater is polluted. And 80% uh, of children under three years old uh, uh, suffer from waterborne diseases. So the situation is really really bad. This is with numbers. Um, on the psychological level, it's also uh, very catastrophic. 50% of the children know um, um, well to live. We're talking about children. And uh, yes, children. I mean, if, if you have, we ask our children, what is your dream? What do you want to be? But uh, you have Gaza has almost one million child and uh, children, and and these people, fifty percent of them, don't want to live. They don't want to grow to become a doctor or become a firefighter or whatever. And um, ninety-five percent of the kids in Gaza suffer from psychological disorders. Um, my, I have a four-year-old brother who stopped talking once I left because I left unannounced um, you know the the cross 
point in Gaza uh, open suddenly and uh, you have to wait. You don't know when, you can't just plan when you want to leave. They will tell you it's time to go and you go. And I left an announce and, and I didn't even get to say goodbye to him. He was sleeping when I left. And he stopped talking for a year after I left. And now I'm, I'm stuck out and I can't go, go back. I haven't seen my family in two years. I haven't been able to go to be with them in in the tough uh, time when they they lost uh, when we lost Razan. It was really tough, and I and I really wanted to to be with them, and and I needed them to be with me as well because it was really tough for me to deal with it alone here. Um, so yeah, it's it's the situation is very tough, not not only for people. Um, in Gaza, but the Gazans who left are still suffering from the the, tra- the war traumas they 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 lived, and uh, coping with real life is, is tough. And having your heart with your loved ones in in, in Gaza is is something haunting you. Like yesterday, there was a, a heavy shelling in Gaza, and I couldn't sleep all night, just checking on people and waiting for their res- for their responses. But I, unfortunately, I couldn't get. Any responses as there is no power and they, they I don't know. I, I just sit there and, and worry and pray, basically. So it's, it's um, yeah, this is the, the situation right now. I mean, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to help you um, and help the global community act um, to defend just the basic humanity of the people there. And you know, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bring Sakina to you and your family in peace and justice, Ya Rab. Um, I appreciate you being honest and vulnerable. Uh, this is powerful. So you're saying that there's not only internal trauma for people who are living under these absolutely indescribable conditions, but then for their family members who've left. Uh, you said basically you had to leave without telling anybody, obviously, so that you could get out um, and pursue as a 20 year old, your education, like that's the right of every 20 year old is to be educated. So there's also this profound trauma outside of Gaza, which people are living with. So that's important. You know, one of the things that community members can do is reach out to people from Gaza who live in their communities outside of Palestine and just make sure people are doing okay and just check in on them. So maybe if you have a cousin in town or, or um, a community of Palestinians uh, in your city, try to add to them and um, hear them out, hear their stories, try to understand them, show them love and support because the situation in Palestine is very uh, difficult and there is a traumatic event um, that's happening every day. So people Palestinians are always in need for help and support. So make sure that you try to do that. Allahu Akbar. Now, as I'm listening to you, I've gained kind of a greater appreciation for you, um, for Razan, for her mother. But for for Sister Razan, rahimahullah, to come out of that kind of situation and be able to be so selfless. Because, you know, the human nature is that when we feel pressure or we feel threatened, is kind of like the first law is this law of self-preservation. Here's a young 20-year-old woman in her early 20s who's able to like turn off any notions of being selfish and just like really love people to the point where she she sacrificed herself for her community 
may Allah bless her. Can you tell us a little bit about her? Who was she? What was she like as a cousin? What was she like as a young girl? What was she like as a person? Um, and someone that obviously you have a tremendous amount of love for. She was someone who loved life. And uh, this is why she went to the front line. Because she wanted to make sure that she's saving a lot of people. Life. And uh, especially these people who went out to demand their right for their rights, um, freedom. Um, and they're all driven by their desire to to have a dig to live a dignified life so um this is why everyone was there uh after razan's murder I've, I've reached out to many people trying to to know more about uh, about her um there on the front line and and people were telling me we were really scared for her she was too brave and i found that really um a stupid thing to say there's like you cannot be too brave uh, to do something uh, you love and uh, something she considered as her duty because everyone has a role uh, um, to do in, in, in their community and she she wanted to play the role that she loved the most, uh, being a nurse. For her, being a nurse was her dream. Um, she, uh, she actually couldn't get a degree in nursing because of the tough financial situation her family lived under and still living under. So uh, they, uh, she dropped out of university, and unfortunately, tens of, uh, of girls drop out of the university every year because of lack of financial um, support. And she got a training in nursing, and she volunteered in a hospital for two years because she believed that uh, if you have a dream, you can achieve it in one way or another. There's always a way to achieve your dreams. And uh, this is what she did. She became a nurse and, and a great nurse and a role model, uh, first responder uh, for females around the world. MashaAllah, MashaAllah. Um, looking kind of in hindsight, now we're all aware of, of the murder and how she was killed. Is there anything about that day that you think the audience listening doesn't know and needs to know? That's a difficult question. Um, I don't know how much the audience know because um, the comment I saw under my reaction to Razan's murder were really um, horrible, I'd say. Um, some of them were very supportive and some just asking questions, like basic questions, and they're demanding proof and, and, uh, and people don't basically do their research. They don't invest... Uh, time in learning facts, they don't exert any effort uh, in learning the truth and listening to people speaking uh, um, about their pain and sharing their stories. Razan wasn't the first one to die, and Razan wasn't the first tragic story um, to to be murdered, uh, and she definitely wasn't the last, and won't and won't be the last. Um, People need to, to reach out for the source of the stories. Reach to the people if you don't trust in media and, and talk to people. People want to share their stories. There are a lot of Gazans that write about their blog, about their life, and they're very open to, to answer people's questions and, and, and to show them what's really, what's really life is there. So I think um, 
this is what people need to do. They need to invest in learning the facts. This is the most important thing um, in, in, in being an advocate for any cause. If you really need to help people, any people, you need to learn uh, the facts. You need to learn about their struggle and, and then you can think about uh, the best way to help them. Mm. I mean, I, I think a sign of being an honest activist is always to learn first and to invest yourself in making sure, invest ourselves in making sure that we understand um, things correctly before we begin to act. It seems nowadays people want to act without really knowing. Uh, exactly. And, they are mansplaining our, our struggles. Some people are mansplaining our struggle to us, which is very uh, horrible. I mean, it, you can't tell us how to feel uh, if you're not in our place. You need to really understand people. To, to help them. So let me ask you a question. How does it feel to be a Gazan in 2018? It's, it's a very difficult question um, because it's, uh, it's not the best thing to be um, as a source of trauma. And uh, it's people don't make it any easy for you. Uh, when they know that you're from Gaza, they... They ask you difficult questions. They always, uh, they, they like some people ask me, are you still scared or did you get used to it? Are you worried about the events in Gaza or did you get used to it? As if getting used to suffering is a normal thing. So, yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah. It's just, not the best thing to be. Um, Gaza is a great place, and I really miss being in Gaza. Um, the people are loving, they're kind, they're supportive, the sea is amazing. Unfortunately, it's very polluted right now, 73% of the water is polluted, but everything there is, is very beautiful and very pure and kind. Um, but yeah, um, I really wish that the bucket in Gaza will be left and, and the occupation will be ended and then we will see Gaza prospering and be one of the most beautiful cities um, in the world as it's a cross point for three continents. It's a cross road for um, Europe, Africa and Asia. So it has a great location and a great people. I really wish to see um, Gaza prospering in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. You have started now, you and her family, this foundation, which is a way for people now to, to kind of calibrate that emotional reaction into like a practical means of support. So could you give us some information on the foundation and then how people can, inshallah, support that foundation? Yes, well, since the murder of Razan, we've been reached um, by a lot of uh, amazing people, Jazakallah uh, Khair, who wanted to, to help and we thought about it and we found out that the best way to to honor the memory of Razan is to uh, make sure that it lives on and her legacy lives on. So we decided to establish a foundation to empower, honor and inspire female first responders, nurses and doctors in Palestine and around the world through providing scholarships and supporting women empowerment and peace initiatives. Um, to celebrate all the values that Razan was advocating for, 
Um, she was a voice for freedom, equality, woman empowerment, and peace. And everything she said uh, during her interviews um, is basically the, the, the things that we build our mission on. So I know that, that Launch Good is kind of, you partner with Launch Good, which everybody knows, loves, and has a tremendous amount of respect for. And if people go now on Google and they just put honoring Razan, a Najjar family fundraiser. Um, yes, or they can go to launchgood.com slash Razan. They will be able to, to reach it. And that's R-A-Z-A-N. So, yes. so launchgood.com slash R-A-Z-A-N. Um, I can't encourage people enough to support this. And, and it's extremely frustrating. You and I talked about this um, before we jumped on this, this show, how even people on the left, um, people who kind of love to chime in about women's liberation and emancipation, have suddenly become muted uh, on the issue of Razan. Why do you think that is? It's hypocrisy. Um, people are showing double standards, uh, which is, I find it very difficult to, I find it difficult to understand um, their, their reaction. Uh, Razan was an advocate for women empowerment and women rights. She said uh, in one of her interviews that uh, it's very hard, uh, it's very difficult for the community to accept me as a female first responder, but they have to accept us. They have to to make a room for women in the field. And she encouraged many female first responders to to join and uh, to volunteer in the in the great march of returns. So. Um, and and to to just say that again, Razan wasn't was um, didn't get the chance to have a degree in nursing. Uh, she just got a training and uh, invested time to learn, to watch and learn, watch to to be able to to live her dream of being a nurse. And there are a lot of girls like Razan in Gaza who wants to be doctors or nurses. I personally know girls that couldn't, they they got the, the points that allow them to go to the medical school, but their financial situation uh, wouldn't uh, let them, uh, wouldn't give them the chance. So um, there are a lot of female in Gaza who, who need to empowerment, and I think through Razan Foundation, we will be able to help many female to carry on Razan's legacy. Yeah, I mean, by supporting this foundation, we're helping achieve the dream that she couldn't. She had to step away from her education because of financial realities. So this is a way that we can continue that dream for other young women uh, in Gaza. That that's that's truly very beautiful and powerful. You, you mentioned something I wanted to ask you about, and I noticed that clip as well when she, she kind of referred to the fact that some people weren't happy with her um, being on the front lines and doing what she, she was doing. So would you say that also she was battling in her own community certain understandings about the roles of women, women engagement, uh, as well as projecting to the broader world, hey, as an Arab woman, as a Palestinian woman, as someone who's living under occupation, you know, I'm... I'm out here pushing and working for something greater. So did she have to also locally take on some challenges because she was a woman? Absolutely. The burden on her was tremendous. People blamed her for going and 
even some disgusting people blamed her for her own death. They were like, she was too brave to go there. Why did she go there? She shouldn't be there, which is absolutely disgusting. How did their mo- her mother let her go? Because she- Razan was trying to save other mothers' sons and daughters. So it's just the community wasn't very supportive. Um, so yes, she had to go through, uh, to, she had to battle the community for being there, but then everyone, um, somehow embraced her and, uh, and supported her for being there because she did a great job. Her mother, after Razan's murder, the next, uh, the next week after Razan's murder, her mother joined, replaced her, um, at the camp and, uh, and it, Yes, she she went to the camp, and she she volunteered there to help. And and when I talked to her after that, she told me, um, now I understood why Razan was going every week. Sometimes I, I tell her just why do you, why you do that to yourself? She go back home with drenched in blood, and uh, and very tired. She she wouldn't eat, and it was Ramadan, and she's fasting, and and she would have like. A little time of sleep and just run back to the camp. Um, so yeah, and and then her mother told me how beautiful the the thing was and how much she told me I helped only ten people, but it felt really great to be there to to support people even um, psychologically. And she told me I now now I understood why Razan went there every week. So, can you share with people? Because I can't emphasize enough, everybody, we just need to raise $100,000 for this foundation. What that $100,000 can do for women's education in Gaza, inshallah. With, uh, with that amount of money, we could help hundreds of girls getting education. And we will be honoring female first responders, nurses, and doctors in Palestine for the tremendous efforts for doing good resources. We will um, enroute and, and plant the values of equality and woman empowerment in the society. We will need. Uh, we will help everyone to understand that woman has a role to play in society, and they, with men, they can um, help making the society prosper and um, progress. Mashallah, mashallah. And and as you said. You know, 50% of the young people there are struggling with just, I think you said, the notions of just having a dream. And education really is a bridge to an important dream, um, the opportunity of education. Uh, Sister Dahlia, it, it has been a very powerful experience. Um, I can't thank you enough. Mashkur, mashkur, jiddan, jiddan, you know, for just being so honest uh, and open and vulnerable. And... I, I, I want to say that, like, you know, I'll do my best to constantly be a supporter of you and your family in my capacity. And I hope that others uh, will also understand how important the legacy of Razan is um, and the implications of that legacy, if we can help see it through. So can you give people the information one more time to launch good information? Yes, you can reach um, the campaign at launch.com, Razan, that's R-A-A-N. And um, you can reach me, like you will find my contacts there. You can reach me and reach the family uh, if you need any help, if you need to organize a local fundraiser or whatever. Because we, we noticed some people are 
uh, organizing some campaigns without the permission of the family, and the family is a bit offended by that. So we'd really, we support any noble uh, initiatives, but it would be very good for us to know who is doing what by the name of Razan, and, uh, and we want to be able to thank them. So it's very important for us uh, to know that, and, uh, and we're really appreciative for everyone's support, and we're grateful for uh, everyone's help. Yeah, and, and again, launchgood.com slash Razan, R-A-Z-A-N. Making sure, again, you said something very important, and I've noticed this in the past, making sure that any fundraising efforts or charitable, charitable efforts that are happening in the name of this young woman should be done sanctioned by the family um, out of respect, right? And also making sure that it's legitimate because we know that there are also people who are not honest uh, in their efforts, uh, so again, please make sure that anyone you're donating to or supporting is done under um, kind of the, uh, the, the the guidance and the permission of her family. And the best way is just to go to the LaunchGood page, launchgood.com slash R-A-Z-A-N, and support the effort which is really being ran by her family. Is there anything else you'd like to share with people before we end this, this, this interview, inshallah? Um, research and learn the facts before supporting anything. MashaAllah, Barakallah Fiqh. May Allah bless you and bless your family and continue to, to utilize you in ways which are very powerful. Wassalamu alaikum.